So uh, next up on the Tonic Effect podcast, I'm going to be speaking to a man who's shared very similar experiences to me in my formative years, that is, uh, both in the UK and Dubai. Years of hedonism, adrenaline, uh, excitement, unbounded spontaneity and travel. To be fair, I think we both still get those fills, but in very different ways, because times and life, well, they change for all of us. Um, but it's a very specific life change that we're talking about in this episode that quite simply changed Christian's life forever. So let me set the scene, picture this 30-something man in the prime of his life, living in the sunshine in Dubai, that is, absolutely loving life, working with Dubai's biggest promoters and ad agencies, flying in A-list DJs from across the globe, and, uh, and also warming up for them, and playing as a resident at one of the one of the best venues at the time in the world called Trilogy. Um, but in 2012, out of the blue, Christian was diagnosed with bone marrow cancer, multiple myeloma, which he also refers to as the dragon in this interview. So I remember the day I found out and I think the whole Dubai community found out and it was just one of absolute shock. And uh, it was uh, a case of how can this even be happening? So this was the start of an, a life-changing journey for Christian. Uh, his, his wife uh, and his daughter who are with him in Dubai and of course his family here in the UK. So what are the words to describe what Christian's gone through and, and um, you know, how he's got through it? Fight, faith, belief, courage. I suppose they're just a handful of words that come into Christian's story. So mate, thank you first and foremost for taking the time out and talking about this topic, which is so personal to you. So massive respect. Thank you. Um, first and foremost, you're here telling the tale. Could you just give us some insight into the last 10 years of your life, mate? Yeah, well, um, thank you for having me on, mate. Um, really good to be reconnect with you. Um, we had a catch up last week. It's just um, said it back then. It's that when you catch up with pals from the Dubai days, it's so easy. It's just seamless. And I think it's because we all shared such an amazing time together back then. But um, yeah, so God, the last 10 years, uh, Mike, where do I start? Um, well, do you know what? It's it's been it's just been a, a, a kind of a bit of a, a roller coaster adventure, really. Obviously, having to leave Dubai as abruptly as I did um, was quite difficult. Um, we were we were at a place just before I got sick where things were starting to really fall into place for us as a family, business wise. Um, and um, so having to leave there and and it's really a, it's been a case of for me it's been a, a cycle of of reset, recharge and rebuild really. And I kind of been in that cycle ever since uh, it, it came in so abruptly that um, it was a real sort of control or delete moment. Um, it reset everything. It reset finances, it reset career, it reset me emotionally, um, certainly reset me physically. Mm. Um, um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a, it's been a look, I mean, I look back on it. I'm not grateful for, for getting sick, but I'm grateful for the experience and the wisdom it's given me. Uh, the people that I've met, the love that I've experienced, the places that I've I've done and stuff. And I got back from Dubai, back to London, um, to have my treatment. Then we moved over to Sweden, where my wife's, where my wife's from, which is perfect for me to recuperate. Um, Sweden is just one gigantic forest with a few little cities peppered around. Um, and it was so we just it was back to nature, then back to London again, and try to get back into the hustle and grind of it all. Um, had a couple of relapses with the disease, which is normal part part of the journey. My particular disease, it's not curable, um, but it's manageable. Um, um, and then obviously the lockdown and the pandemic hit last year, and we decided that it was time to settle. Abe, my daughter's nine now, 
Um, I've, I've finally landed into my career now as a coach and a, uh, RTT therapist. And, and here we are. So settled in Sweden, really happy. Um, really good to be here. I'm well. Um, and yeah, I think things are good. It's just, you know, like I said, I've, it's, I've tried to protect the same spirit of sort of curiosity and, um, adventure really in a way that I had when I first got sick and going back to the, some of those words you used like faith and belief and courage and you know obviously that's all implied and everyone has those things um but for me the key is just just staying really curious about what's going on and how I can learn from this and help use the experience and what I'm learning to help other people in my work that I do today I think that's been the really key for me is is is, is always trying to stay in um focused on what's this telling me and how can i use this to help people amazing mate look before we go on to that um and obviously talk about the disease let's go back to dubai days they were pretty good weren't they yeah hallison days mate i mean i i yeah they were just amazing they really were i think we were so lucky to be there at a time where um i think we'll we'll look back on that in probably a decade when they do the case study of how dubai was built um, and we, we certainly witnessed an incredible, um, period of time there. Mm. I arrived and I think I was a little bit before you, wasn't I? I was in 2001 when I arrived and, um, it, it, I, I arrived from just having kind of escaped London. I was in, I wasn't in a bad way in London, but I was going down the wrong path and I'll leave that for you to interpret in whichever <laughs> way you choose to. Um, so I'd kind of hung up my records and my headphones a little bit, but when I got out there, you know, you know, like the tracks, like I started to meet the guys that were running the motion beach parties and then the guys that were running peppermint and then, you know, the, the, the vibe crew with trilogy and then you, then you guys. And it just, yeah, it was just such a, just an amazing group of people, um, fearless, um, respectful, um, loving, you know, doing what they love. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just, it's sometimes I think about them and it's quite cruel memories because it was so good. It was mm. so unique. You know, some people say to me when we chat about people back here, like, what was it like living in Dubai? And it was like, mate, it was like, it honestly it was like being on holiday for 12 years with a little <laughs> bit of work in between. It really was. Yeah. And you, but you, it worked and you managed to balance it out. So very fond memories, particularly, yeah. obviously, you know, you and I share the passion for the music. Um, I think without that and without people like yourselves, um with 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 audio tonic and the stuff that you're doing at 360 and everyone else that drove the industry out there it would have been very different i think it would have been a completely different experience for me personally anyway but the music w was what kind of stitched the whole thing together and just made it so special yeah we were there at a time when the city was so new wasn't it we had this mm. i suppose reign of creating a scene essentially mm. that's what it was wasn't it it was uh, it was a great time to be there and um, I think we were definitely there in, in the prime, you know, that early 2000 time to around 10 or 11 was, was just, yeah. uh, you know, priceless. It was such a, such a great time to be there. And I suppose being able to, to shape and define the sound and, uh, you know, the, the lives of so many people. I mean, I look back at 360 and how many people, you know, uh, ask one another to marry each other, you know, on that dance floor or probably a trilogy yeah. on the rooftop as well, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. So yeah, yeah exactly. good good days, good times, good times, mate. But um, yeah, so I mean, talking about Dubai days, obviously it was brought to quite an abrupt end for you. Um, let's talk about the dragon that you, you refer mm -hmm. to the disease as. So we've got some context in the opening question about how your life 
changed so radically. Um, one thing that was really apparent to me, mate, was how incredibly positive and resilient you were, you know, even when you were diagnosed through to, you know, the time you were being treated, you know, I followed yeah. your journey quite closely and, and quite, quite frankly, mate, I mean, it could have been it for you, couldn't it? So how, how was your mindset at this time, your chain of thought, what were your strategies that ultimately enabled you to, to live? Yeah. Um, good question. Um, a couple of things on that. I, th I think the fact that it happened so abruptly and what emerged is the root was in Sweden actually in June of 2013 and there was a slow kind of decline of health um, um, on a number of different levels and to the point where I was bedridden for about five weeks and I remember just the day I got taken into hospital I just remember turning to my wife thinking I just feel like I'm going to die um, and none of the doctors could get it right uh, or could figure out what was wrong because they didn't know what to look for. My, my particular disease, ironically, is, is usually found in 60-year-old men. So they just not, you know, they, they didn't know what they were looking for. Mm. Um, and so because I didn't have any concept of or any kind of notion that it could possibly be cancer, um, in a way that kind of helped, kind of worked a little bit because it kind of, it became such a surprise that I didn't have time to think about it. I just had to go into survival mode really um but the other part of it is was was we'd have to go back a few years i mean I'd, i had been developing um when i arrived in dubai 29 28 29 you know i'd come out come out from london after spending five or six years just partying and chasing one high after the next i had no idea about the wider world or spirituality or anything like that whatsoever but there's something about being in dubai and about that time in my life where i kind of plunged myself into this kind of deep period of seeking and learning about kind of alternative aspects of health and wellness and the mind and really embraced it a lot and kind of kind of built myself my own little sort of inner wizard of oz if you want um and i think it's funny how things connect don't they chapters connect i think without that and without my kind of wider understanding of the connection between the mind and the body kind of my practice and my meditation practice my understanding of energy and things like that and the community that i built around that um that i was able to use um to to ultimately bring calm to the situation which was really what to answer your question succinctly was what really kind of pulled me through that initially it would have probably been a very different scenario because it was extremely stressful um i'd never been in hospital before ever um throughout my entire life um okay the odd thing here and there and all of a sudden i'm i'm in, plunged into probably you know, the worst medical scenario you can imagine with everything being thrown at me needles coming from everywhere drips the whole lot um and my initial levels of anxiety and stress were just through the roof, which at a time where I needed my body to be as calm as possible so it could support the healing um, was really dangerous. So that's really where I flipped the switch. And I kind of reminded myself of all the tools that I had learned and developed um, over the previous years and connected that with the insight that the reason I'm actually here is because I've been living with so much chronic stress, internal stress through work and chasing the materialism and a lot of the stuff that you can get trapped in. When you live in Dubai, I'm keeping up with the Joneses. Um, um, no disrespect to anyone called Jones, by the way. Um, and I just suddenly realised that if it was an absence of stress that brought me here, then it's going to be an absence of calm that's going to get me out of it. And that was it. And I literally just made a decision. It was kind of like a, a divine decision that I made with myself, and I didn't overthink it. I just literally just said, "This isn't this is this isn't going to beat me. I'm going to be fine." And I remember when I made that decision, I just let it go, and just it was it was an unconditional 
uh, agreement with myself and everything just started to calm down and relax and I was, sort of never, I was able to deal with it you know with a degree of levity I had an amazing group of people that were around me so I was constantly being nourished by the people which was amazing um so yeah I think it was a, a combination of those two things really yeah, I, I know this as well. You, you mentioned a lot about the word calm. Um, we had a chat last week about the journey that you've been on and you are on with CV Transformation <clears throat> Coaching, which is your, your newest venture. And uh, we also talked about the agents of calm. Absolutely love that concept. We'll get onto that in a moment, if you don't mind. Sure, um, sure. It can certainly be said you've used your experiences over the past 20 years to help shape and define the journey in helping others. Mm -hmm. So how would you describe it to our viewers and listeners? What it is that you do so i'm i'm so by definition i'm a transformation coach um mm -hmm. and i specialize in working with people that are caught in the same tension that i was caught and caught in for most of my adult life and that was um uh seeing and wanting to be doing really important deep work um yet being unable to really move forward with that because being held back by very low self-esteem fear anxiety um, fear of judgment all of kind of my mo mental and emotional clutter that i had kind of been gathering and building up ever since i was at a young age probably around the age of 10 when i had my kind of when i was sent away to boarding school and you know at that age that had a massive effect on my <clears throat> my sense of identity my sense of 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 meaning in the world um and like so and within that gap within that tension um uh, i i like to coach around three things these things that help me through which is is making in a calm a priority for our lives not as a state of being as a way of being state of being something we can access through meditation or breathing or we listen to music but when you make it a way of being which is a commitment to clarity and alignment alignment with your beliefs and your values and the people that you have in your world it takes on kind of like superpower like qualities and then resilience sort of creates resilience as well I and mean, then i a lot of people I think resilience is about the ability to bounce back and when i look at my life there has been a lot of bouncing back um but for me resilience is making having to bounce back obsolete and that's what i like to help people realize and coach them so it's that saying like a kite a kite rises in the wind and that's kind of the metaphor that i love to use is is you know when you know no matter what's going on around you you can use that input to kind of rise and grow and expand and and live the way that you want to live and be who you want to be um and that wasn't me for for most, like I said, for most of my adult life. It's only after getting sick, and that's kind of the gift of that whole experience, that I've been able to understand what was going wrong and how I've been able to fix that. And that goes back to my point about encoding that in a way to help other people. Mm. And there's also, so there's coaching, there's, um, I'm a clinical hypnotherapist, a rapid transformational therapist. So that's kind of deep work when someone's got some deep rooted beliefs that they can't shift, whether it's around trauma, or whether it's around something that they just can't see, then RTT is like a, a hypnotherapy-based therapy where we go in and we find it and we reconstruct it and reframe it so that they have immediate release and transformation from that. And then we can go on and do the more coaching work. Great. And talk about the agent of time. Agent of calm. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so agents of calm. Huh? So agents of calm is something that found me by completely by accident so the story is um it's eight o'clock in in late working late in a friend's office in about 2007 eight i think it was and i was i was having a really shit time it was it was kind of the another one of my ventures in dubai that wasn't working um because i was never meant to be doing any of that stuff that was the whole point i was constantly trying to chase 
someone else's ambition. I was obligated to chase things that weren't lined up with me. <clears throat> and I found this video of this woman talking about this ancient Hawaiian prophecy, which stated that there will come a time on the planet where many would, would need to arise as agents of calm to bring balance and resilience and control back to back to the world. And I remember reading that, listening to that, and it just cut me off at the knees. It just, it really sat me down. And I didn't know at the time how I was supposed to use that. I just knew that that, that was kind of a mantra for me. That was an anthem for me going forward. And I had to do something with it, but I just didn't know what. So it kind of tormented me for a long time. It was very private. I didn't really talk to many people about it. But over the years, I started to unpack it. And then obviously the experience of getting sick and understanding how um, the, the pillars that, that, that go to, to um, demonstrating kind of the behavior of the mindset of an agent of calm um, were exactly the same things that got me through that, which was around clarity and around alignment, around gratitude, empathy, joy, purpose, passion, all those things. So fast forward to today, and Agents of Calm has found its expression on Clubhouse, on the app, um, as a conversational environment for people to come in and just um, slow down and check in and get a perspective on their life and bring some calm to what they're doing. Um, and it does form a part of my work as well, particularly when um, I have a client that is dealing with very high levels of stress and anxiety. I lean into the fundamentals of Agents of Calm to help initially kind of slow all that down and get them some help them bring some balance to their own lives where it goes from from now um i have some ideas and some plans around it but it's it's quite a precious thing so I, i'm kind of taking on being a lot more pragmatic than i usually am with these types of things that's learned you've learned mate over the years that's one of your yeah. experiences um, ready, yeah I'm ready ready aim fire that was me just oh i've got an idea <laughs> clang oh it didn't work now it's like, okay, just take it easy, right? Sit back. Time is the healer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure you'll agree, mate, that there's an intrinsic connection between the body and the mind uh, in terms of our general well-being. So let's explore this a little bit further using your experiences, um, I guess, to help others uh, synchronize mm. their own bodies and minds. Mm. Yeah, it's such an important subject. And I think um, I think particularly now in in over the last year where people have been isolated and separated from from their their normal life a lot of people have started to reconnect with their inner world a lot more and that that's by definition a spiritual connection even though a lot of people don't like talk about spirituality they feel a bit threatened by it and that that's fine um i think what are people people are learning that that the relationship between how we think and 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 how we think and how we feel emotionally and physically is is um is very very tightly linked i mean there is a science behind it there is the, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system um which controls the fight or flight response and going back just to give an example of that when i was when i was poorly one of the reasons that i did i, I urgently needed to calm myself down and why that became mission critical because when you're in stress mode and you're constantly interrogating what's going on around you and you're looking for danger your body has been flooded with cortisol and adrenaline um, and it effectively shuts down the immune system. So the naturals, the naturals, uh, the body's natural ability to heal is shut down because mm. you're just pumping blood and everything the body needs to either run away or fight. And that goes back to caveman territory and, you know, all that type of stuff. The, the, the opposite of that is when the body is in rest and digest and, the, and you have access to, you start to hack the natural feel-good chemicals of the brain, which is dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin. And, and really you can access all that simply by thinking and through using your imagination 
and and then that's the key bit that people don't and i didn't understand that you that, that you can hack all of these these things by simply using the mind and that's why you can worry yourself sick and you can think yourself well um and when you really lean into that study and make that priority for your life you start to become very controlled with your emotional response to the world that's happening around you because ultimately you want to be able to you want to be in rest and digest most of the times so you've got a healthy immune system you're happy you're resilient um and generally this it, it's positive for your overall well-being but a lot of people live 90 percent of their life in chronic stress mm. um, and they don't even realize it um and that's that's and you, for that reason you look at the stats of of kind of the stress-related illnesses today they're extraordinary yeah so you know and I, you know the more spiritual answer to that is that we're not we're not our bodies we're, we're, we're spiritual we're spiritual beings having a physical experience and this vessel that we've got is 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 our container for this lifetime but it is just a system it's a community um and that community is controlled by the energy of our thoughts and our emotions um, and when you make that shift and you realize that you are in control of how you feel and that has a result of your physiology it's very empowering um and you can deploy it you know across all aspects of your life power of positive affirmations exactly 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 well the thing the funny thing about affirmations i do a lot of work um with people around that is they can be they, they can actually work in the reverse way mm -hmm. than you think they are it, a lot of people use affirmations and they stay they like, kind of look at the mirror and they're just telling themselves lies you know and um you've got to be quite careful with that but when you when you when you word an affirmation in the right way so it's an unconditional truth and it can't be um, discounted by a belief system and you layer it with visualizations and you layer it with positive emotion then you're turbocharging right what you want and that that's really the key and i used a lot of that when i was getting well because i had to, to learn to walk again essentially um and i used that kind of when i was going through that to really kind of send a message to my body that we're going to do this we have the strength to do this this is what it looks like because when you kind of layer all those things together the, the, the body has the same physiological experience as it does in real life it's got a, a synthetic experience so the mind doesn't know the difference between what's imagined and what's real and that's really powerful that's why Absolutely. most most peak performing athletes, actors, they all use visualization as their go to for priming themselves for peak performance because they're saying to the body, this is what it feels like. This is what we're stepping into. And the body just goes, oh, yeah, right. OK, I get that. I can feel it. I can see it. But um, everyone so can do powerful. that. Everyone can anyone do it, can. can't they? Anyone can do that. Exactly. Um, but at the same time, anyone can also money's the classic one right everyone you know if you look at why people use affirmations most of them is around happiness and money and the amount of people that i talk to on on enrollment calls when we're kind of just getting to know each other before coaching and they say yeah oh, these are my affirmations i am i am surrounded by all the wealth that i've ever imagined and and you kind of just go yeah but you're not you know mm -hmm. that's the thing and and i don't want to i don't want to make you you know you've got to be careful you don't make them feel bad about themselves but mm -hmm. it's like the amount of people that do that and what you're doing is you're kind of reversing you're reversing the fact that you actually want you know you're making the problem worse but that's just a crude example you know the money thing but yeah it's a great thing you bring up i mean the mind-body connection right now is it's amazing how 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 on the fringe that whole topic still is mm -hmm. and yet how important it is i mean there's a big movement at the moment around and have you seen about psychedelics and depression Mm. And there's a massive shift in the focus and 
of, of investment going into um, companies producing psychedelic agents to help with things like depression and other mental illnesses. And the research is extraordinary. Yeah. Um, so it's very exciting what's happening. There are things moving, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's an important thing. Yeah, the mind-muscle connection thing is something that, that I use a lot with my clients and especially for the more mature clients, um, scientific studies have shown that when you are lifting a weight, for example, or doing a press-up, let's say, that you really focus on the mind-to-muscle connection. So you almost picture in your mind the muscle contracting and relaxing. You know, you see the yeah. muscle fibers in your mind and scientific studies have shown that you know, there's, there's this intrinsic link that it actually helps muscle growth, you know, and obviously age-related uh, muscle sarcopenia is something that I've discussed on previous podcasts. Wow. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's conclusive. It's like, you know, this does help. It works, mm. mind-to-muscle connection. So like you say, with mm. visualizations and, you know, you tell your body that it is something, then mm. your brain is going to make it work, isn't it? Mm, exactly and it, you know what's interesting right? it works the other way around as well have you heard of kinesiology so yeah. you can kinesiology test someone so um particularly around food but you can do it for anything but around beliefs and if you were to if you were to put your um your two fingers on someone's wrist and put their arm out and get them to think of something positive and unconditionally true um it, it's almost impossible to move their arm because the mm. body supports that but if you get them to think of something that's negative and destructive um they've got no resistance whatsoever. And you can do that by holding a piece of food and say, is this food good for me? And the body, so the body has its own intelligence. Um, so it kind of works the other way around as well. And that's a really fascinating body of work as well. It is fascinating, mate. It is. Uh, and you've given us so much nuggets, golden nuggets of advice already. But if you could give three takeaways that everyone can uh, use in their daily lives, whether that be personal, career, what would those three golden nuggets be um okay the first one is and this is something that i used a lot um, and have used a lot in the past is um if you're going through a difficult time at the moment for whatever reason just remember that where you are is not who you are it's just part of your story and and if you can just try and um pivot out of interrogation which is negative and and backward thinking and, and causes stress and anxiety and get into curiosity and think actually this is just part of my journey because so many people tie their self-worth to their current circumstances when it's just part of the journey uh, and it's a difficult thing to do when you're in the heat of battle because you're dealing with all the stuff but if you can just remember where I am is not who I am it kind of just immediately releases a lot of the pressure and resistance that you want um the second one is a, 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 a quote by um Rumi, which I love, um, uh, and it, it kind of goes along the lines of when I run after what I want, my days are a furnace of stress and anxiety. But when I sit in my own place of patience, what I need comes to me and flows. And I love that because it's just a reminder that that we everyone every now and then we just need to slow down and um, and just allow work with work with the work with the fundamental laws of the universe. And this isn't a manifestation, not to man the whole manifesting movement. But, it, but there is, all of us will have at some point in our life experienced a moment of synchronicity where, where we've just been completely at peace. We're not trying to fix the past. We're not trying to catch up with the future. And it's in those moments, amazing things happen when exactly what you want or what you need flows to you. And that's a, that's a huge thing for me because I'm, I was used to be constantly trying, impatiently trying to chase after things and getting very frustrated and angry and, and when they didn't come. And, and um, 
what you resist persists. And again, that was what the chronic stress. Um, you wanted three, didn't you? And a third one, a piece of wisdom. Um, I'm going to talk about where the dragon came from because I, I call I call the myeloma the dragon. I call it that because I like to give it an identity. It kind of disconnects the, the weirdness from it and the whole cancery thing of it. But that actually was inspired by a, 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 a J.K. Chesterton quote um, that goes, fairy tales are important not because they tell us dragons exist, but they tell us dragons can be beaten. Um, and, and that, yeah, so that, that's the third one is to, is to um, yeah, that, that would be the final one. Yeah, love that, mate. Absolutely love that. Uh, last but not least, if you could or had to choose your favourite track of all time, in fact, I've narrowed it down slightly because favourite track of all time would be very, very difficult. Let's put it into the electronic music genre. Um, yeah. What would that be as a man with love for electronic music? Yeah, uh, it's impossible. It really is. Um, so I'm going to go with the two. I'm going to go with the two that come up intuitively. Because I don't think you can think yourself into the answer of that question because you're just barely enough. <laughs> um, so I just think the two that always come up is um, Papua New Guinea, Future Sound of London. Tune. I can just listen to that on loop. And the second one, which is a bit more down, down tempo, but kind of end, end of night anthem, which is a track by um, Transglobal Underground, Templehead. Nice. Which is just, just, just such a wonderfully, it's just an interesting, wonderful track that, that again, I could just put on, on repeat and just listen to over and over again. But there are millions, mate. There are millions. You know, like you could, we could talk about music all day, couldn't we? Certainly could. It's definitely um, affected by mood, isn't it? I mean, in terms of, like you say, I've got hundreds of favourite tracks depending on where I am, what time it is, whom I'm with, you know, mm -hmm. it just can't even start to pencil it down. So mate, well done for even pinning down two tracks. Respect mm -hmm. to you there. Um, mate, amazing. Thank you so much for all of your words of wisdom and, and just opening up and talking about your experiences, which cool. I know are, are, are truly personal. Um, obviously you're based in Sweden and um, a lot of your clients are online. <laughs> Uh, you do face-to-face -face mm -hmm. work as well, but can you tell our viewers and listeners where they can connect with you and find out a bit more about what you do? Yeah, sure. I, I can't share my website, unfortunately, because I'm redoing that at the moment. But um, a lot of my a lot of my content, if you want, and the stuff that I talk about is is on LinkedIn, um, and that's just LinkedIn Christian Byrne. Um, I have a Facebook group that that's just been launched called my. It's facebook.com forward slash my power of nine. And that's the platform that's emerged as, as my main coaching work. And that captures the, the nine um, kind of characteristics of building um, that inner calm, the resilience and that kind of sense of being purpose driven. Um, so that's a community that I'm building at the moment. And if you want to reach out and, and get in touch and just start to have a chat about what's going on, I do. I offer four different types of complimentary um, coaching calls, one around calm, one around resilience a kind of a forward thinking planning one called me in 12, which helps people unpack where they really want to be in 12 months and the things that are in their way that they need to work on. And the final one is, um, is, is the power of stories, helping people go back over their life and use different frameworks for um, rethinking about um, the story, the experiences they've been through in a slightly more positive way. I mean, just, you can just drop me an email, um, Christian H Byrne, which is B U R N E at gmail.com. Um, and I'd just, just be thrilled to hear from you, you know, 
I, I, I just, I love my work. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those things. What would you do if you weren't being paid? And this is it. So, um, yeah. It's very clear that you love what you do. You're passionate about it and you know it comes so naturally to you christian so once again thank, thank you. you for taking the time i know you're a busy man and um we wish you all the very best with the journey of cb transformation and um yeah the uh, agents of karma love that love that concept mate so um looking forward to seeing more in the future about where that goes and uh, thank yeah you, thank mate. you from myself and all all of us at the tonic effect really appreciate it Mate, thank you for giving me the opportunity to to talk about my story and, and invite me to do that. It's um, brilliant to reconnect and amazing. Keep up the amazing work yourself. Thank you, Christian. Take care. Pleasure. Bye, else. Cheers, mate. Bye.